Welcome to Women Working Ahead, the show where working women provide honest insights into their different industries by sharing all the ups, downs, and messy bits in between of their daily lives. I'm your host, Sierra Mercer. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Women Working Ahead. Thank you so, so much for tuning in for another week. I hope you will stick around and hit that subscribe button. There's a lot of great content coming your way that you are not going to want to miss. And I've got another great interview for you guys this week. But before I introduce this week's guest, I do have a few quick show announcements that I want to get to. First, I want to thank everyone who has continued to support the show. We have just hit over 500 total downloads, which is absolutely amazing. And I also want to thank everyone for your patience with the technical difficulties with Apple Podcasts for last week's episode. If any of you are not following the Women Working Ahead social media pages, I just want to let you all know that the issues have been resolved. Last week's episode is now available on Apple Podcasts, so if you didn't get a chance to listen to it last week, you can definitely go check it out now. Um, But the downside of all of these technical problems is that all of the subscribers, the ratings and reviews all have had to be refreshed so if you would still like to support the show you will need to pop over to apple podcasts and resubscribe to keep up to date with all of the new episode uploads this week is a really really fun episode i'm joined by victoria mallow who went to the university of ottawa for a bachelor of arts in communications and who is now working as a junior copywriter at Accurt communications based in ottawa so if any of you are considering attending the university of ottawa uh, particularly in their french immersion program or thinking about maybe doing an exchange or considering a job in creative writing or even communications, you will definitely want to listen in to this episode. Victoria's got lots of great advice for you guys. And if you also want a surefire way of uh, (laughs) disappearing without a trace in the Australian outback, be sure to tune in to the end of this episode. So lots of great content to come. So let's just hop right into the interview. Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So for any of you guys who don't know, we'll be chatting about this again uh, later in the interview, but Victoria is working at Ackhart Communications. And if that name sounds familiar, if you tuned in for the interview with Taylor Hummel a few weeks ago, they do work at the same location, but they are in different jobs. So, and I know Taylor has been working from home for the past few months. So are you still working from home or are you back at work? I am. Yeah, I'm still at home. We've we went home March 16th or 17th, I think, and uh, we're still here. We're still here <laughs> thinking maybe, <laughs> maybe October. That's the plan for now. Is, is that the uh, plan? Yeah. Yeah. It obviously keeps changing, but for now, I think we have our sights set on October. I mean, are you starting to feel the uh, cabin fever being at home? Or are you enjoying oh it? Oh my gosh, I am. I have no sense of time anymore. I just, I bought an office chair probably three weeks ago and I've been sitting on a really not good one for, for quite a while. So I'm finally just now accepting and investing in my working from home and I think it's going to be over soon. So, so it just took we'll you see. like what five months of denial just to get, get yeah. you to this point? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you're working at Acker and you're working as a junior copywriter. Yeah. So how long have you been actually working there? I've been working there since um, January. 
So was that like eight, eight ish months? Yeah. Yeah. So how did you actually end up? So you're actually, you're living in Ottawa, right? At the time. Yeah. I went to school in Ottawa, um, living in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Cause you went to, you went to the university of Ottawa, right? I did. Yeah. So I, I actually got this job before I even officially graduated. Well, I officially graduated, but my ceremony was in March. Um, mm-hmm. cause I was in co- the co-op program. So I alternated between school and work placements. And then that kind of puts you at an awkward, like half semester instead of a full school year. Um, so I was finished school in December. I didn't graduate till March, but I started working in January. Nice. Nice. I mean, that's probably good that, you know, you finished up and you already had a job already set up. You didn't have yeah. to scramble after you graduated. Yeah, exactly. On the topic of talking about like post-secondary and stuff. So can you tell me a little bit about what you took in school, what that whole experience was like for you? Yeah, I loved, I loved undergrad. I feel like that was just the best four years of my life. (laughs) Um, So I took a bachelor, I was a Bachelor of Arts Specialization in Communication at UOttawa. And then I was in the co-op program and the French Immersion program. And I just loved it. I loved the campus. I loved being downtown. There were so many job opportunities. Everything was super accessible. Um, I loved the university. Uh, I wanted to go there because it was a bilingual university and ended up in the French program. So that was well, the French immersion program. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. It is a really large university though. So if you don't want to be just a number in a crowd, like you want to stand out, I, I would either say go somewhere else or you have to fight <laughs> to stand out, but I, I had no problem with it. And then my program, so it was communications. It's basically just like I would say it's critical thinking when it comes to to media and language, almost kind of like a psychology program, um, like the psychology of communicating, I would say. And then the program is divided into two, like two main pillars. So you have media studies and then organizational communication. For the media studies classes, you take things like advertising and media ethics, image and communication, which is kind of like analyzing art, which I thought that was a super cool class. That is really interesting. Um, yeah and then like pop culture and then in the organizational stream you have things like qualitative quantitative research communication planning interpersonal communication and then the specialization i always thought that that meant that i was going to have like a higher concentration of classes but i had so many electives i felt like i was in like a general arts program but i loved it i absolutely loved it like i am such an advocate for general general arts programs Mm-hmm. Uh, I took things like crim, English, sociology, feminism, poli sci, social work. Like, I took so many things. Wow. I just, yeah, I loved it. I loved my four years there. Well, and how was the French immersion program? Because I think aren't you, you're required to take a certain amount of courses in French, right? And then you have to take, obviously, your English courses as well. So how did you find balancing the two? Yeah, so I think it's half your courses it works out to um, in French. In the, in the first two years, you get a helper course. So if you have five courses, you have to take three in English and then two in French, and then you get one helper course. Mm-hmm. So like for one of your courses, like I would take, say I was taking sociology and art in French, I would have like a sociology helper course that was in French that counted for one of my three French classes, which was super helpful. Um, and then in the upper years, you just have to take half your classes in French. And I mean, it's pretty difficult. And looking back now, I honestly have no idea how I did it. Like I struggle <laughs> to form a sentence in French. I struggle to form a sentence in English let alone like in French. So how I read university papers and university textbooks and then did work in French, I have no idea, but I'm really glad I did it. And like, it's, it's easy to transition because I did French immersion in high school. Did you, I think you did as well, right? Yeah, I did as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you're just used to that, like switching between French and English and I didn't want to lose it. Like I'm, I've already lost so much of it since I graduated and it was just such a natural transition. So if you are in French immersion and you find it manageable in high school, 
and you're looking at you Ottawa like it, it's it's not too bad of a leap now I wonder how I did it but at the time it kind of just felt like an extension of high school I know University of Ottawa it's, it's fairly unique to them and I know when we went through the French immersion mm-hmm. program that University of Ottawa was definitely on a lot of people's radars um yeah. and I honestly don't know how I mean I, I went through the French immersion program too but I honestly can't even imagine how you got through that I barely got through <laughs> university like fully in English I don't know how you got yeah. through with French yeah. and English I mean- I think your program was a bit more difficult than mine, to be fair. It's but different. Yeah. <laughs> Though I am I jealous that you, you got to take a bunch of elective courses. I did so many, really yeah. Nice. Yeah, I would suggest like people really look at the breakdown of their courses all throughout the four years. Because had I known how many electives they had, I definitely would have planned for a minor or double major or something like that. Like at the end, I think I was one or two credits short of a, a minor in English, which I'm pretty bummed about. But yeah, so many electives. So many electives. Well, it's good though. I mean, you get, you end up getting this very well-rounded degree in the end. I mean, now you have, you've kind of had exposure to a bunch of different areas. And then you were talking about the co-op program. So was that a mandatory Mm -hmm. kind of built in with your program? No. So you have to apply to be in the co-op program. um, And then some programs don't even offer it. So my program communication was one of the the programs that offered that additional add-on program. Then you have to apply to it. Um, and then it just kind of works in conjunction with your program and you alternate between, like I said, classes and then you get work placements based on your courses. So mm-hmm. that was really cool. Well, really how long, like I super recommend that. Yeah. Well, how long Sorry. was each of the kind of co-op work terms? So it's a, an entire semester. So you do a semester of school and then you do a semester of a work term. Um, and fortunately for my work terms, I stayed on with all of them. So I would do the full semester as a work term. And then my next school semester, I would just keep that job as a part-time job. Oh, wow. So that was really, really nice. Then you got, yeah. you got your foot in the door already. And then you had the part-time job as well. How did you find balancing the part-time work with school? Again, like looking back, I don't know how I did it because <laughs> all I have to do right now is just work my nine to five and I'm just exhausted. And I was working at one point, I would have school and then I was working as an RA. So I lived on campus and I had like 50 students to mm-hmm. look, look after. Oh and then God. I was also working at the RCMP part-time busing 45 minutes at a town to do those shifts. And I have no idea how I balanced it, but I did. So I just have no excuses now. No <laughs> okay. Excuses. You like, you, you put in all of your energy into those, you know, however many years. And now you, now you're just like trying to recover and trying to relax yeah. again. So it's totally <laughs> I fine. Really am. Yeah, I really am. I think it's just, it's just about time management. Honestly, we have so much more time in the day than we think. Like, I'm not sure. Do you get those messages on your phone about how much time you spend on it? Oh, yeah. So much. Oh, those are evil. Makes you feel guilty. Evil. It does. And, and now, like, especially with COVID, it says, this is so embarrassing. It says, like, six hours sometimes. And really? I'm like, no, that's how I did so much before because I wasn't on my phone for six hours a freaking day. So <laughs> you can do much more than you think you can. Yeah. So, so tell me about the co-ops. I mean, so you worked at the RCMP and where else did you work? So my first co-op was at the CRA. Um, and then it was RCMP and then it was, um, a tech startup called RVZ. It's like an RV sharing marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two, I would say like RCMP and CRA real were really helpful in my current position. Like I did social media management. So writing, scheduling, monitor, engaging for both RCMP and CRA. Um, and then the tech startup was definitely not like related to my, my field or my like career trajectory at all. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it, it put me out of my comfort zone, which I think is just beneficial as a human and as an employee. 
Like I was taking customer service calls um, all day. Oh That's God. all I would do is be on the phone. And it was in French and English as well, which, you know, how you say on your resume, like you're, you're bilingual, like you can, and then you get to the workplace and you're actually expected to be fully bilingual. And I was like, you're like oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was taking calls, people in French screaming at me about how their RV is broken down. And I was oh just like, how God. did I get here? <laughs> I am not qualified for that. But yeah, that was definitely an interesting experience. And I'm honestly glad that that was one of my work terms because I learned a lot and I was I guess I definitely pushed outside of my comfort zone. Um, but I was fortunate that that I did have enough um like enough terms that I, I got a well rounded experience, I think, for, for the mm-hmm. Well that was probably really, really nice though. I mean, I feel like those co-ops, I mean, I mean tell me if you agree with this, that those co-ops do you think compared to, you know, your in class where did you find that those co-ops were a real boost for you in terms of helping you out with your current job? Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Especially in a program like I mean, I want to say general arts, but it was communication, especially in a program like that, where you're not like, like with nursing or with engineering, like I need to know how to do this before I graduate or else I'm going to be screwing someone else over. But like with communication, it's more about just developing your personal skills, like developing as a human, as an employee. So the value of the co-op terms, like I can't even, mm-hmm. it's so valuable because it, it's enough to like, to read, like it's a lot of reading, it's a lot of listening, it's a lot of theory. Mm-hmm. And then once you're actually in a workplace, you're okay, like I understand how my degree is going to be applied in a real life scenario and you know what, what to focus on more yeah yeah I well totally I think I think you know going through a communications degree I mean I think it's valuable that you actually go out into the world and communicate with people yeah for, for sure. really get the full experience very valid yes <laughs> How did you find, like, how did you find, because I know University of Ottawa, like, the campus buildings are kind of mixed in with the city buildings. How did you find no, that? No, I don't know why people say that. Oh, I it is it? Oh, that's a complete that. misconception? No. I I think so. I mean, like, you have maybe three-ish building. I don't know. Okay, maybe it's more than that. But there is a central campus. Like, I I really don't understand why that's, that's such a big deal. And I feel like that, that deters people from coming yeah. to Ottawa. Yeah. No, like it's so it's so okay central, like, you you need to set the record straight for all the people who yeah, are listening I'm here <laughs> I'm here to set it straight everyone there is a core campus where 99% of your daily interactions are going to be occurring on this core campus like your residence my residence was three minutes from not even not even was 30 seconds from the food like where you get your food Love that. 90% of my classes were within a five minute walk away like there are the occasional classes. Okay, yes, now that I'm thinking about it, I did have a class that was far away <laughs> and I dropped it because I was not about to do that. But nope. <laughs> it's totally manageable. It's like you can totally work around it. And there is there is a core campus and it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I just love it. I love my university and I encourage everyone to come see it before you use that as a write-off. It's not mixed into like it's not super separated, but you are right downtown. So like right. when people talk about you know, their university bar, their university like restaurant. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I, I think I stepped foot in my university bar like one time for 20 minutes, maybe, but like you have the market, you have downtown, you have all these fancy places to go to. And then in terms of food, like people complaining about food on their campus. I'm like, what? I can walk 10 minutes in any direction and have any food I want. Like mm-hmm. I am an advocate for this university. <laughs> and then you actually went on an exchange to the Queensland University of Technology. I did. Yes. Yeah. So one of my work terms was replaced with, if you do an international exchange, you get to like replace it with one of your work terms. So instead of doing four work terms, I did three and then an exchange in Australia. Oh my God. That's crazy. So how was that whole experience? It was 
crazy. Um, <laughs> it was it was difficult for sure at times, and it was also wonderful. Like Australia is just it's the most beautiful place I've ever been to in my whole life. Like I can't say enough about it. I want to go back. It's really far and really expensive, so I'm yeah. not quite sure if that's ever gonna happen. But it was great. So like at the university, you pick like you pick three places that you would want to go, and then you're kind of matched to to a university. And everyone mm-hmm. tells you like there's you're probably gonna get matched to your top choice. Um, and, and it's also dependent on your grades, which I, I was pretty confident that I was going to get my top pick. But then my school backed out like the I, I originally wanted to go to Sydney. And so okay. that was my top school. And everyone says you get your top school like it doesn't the other two don't matter. So I put Sydney and I put two other ones. And my advice to anyone applying for an exchange program, especially at the University of Ottawa, is to be confident and research all three of your choices extensively. So I got put in, in Brisbane, which definitely was not my top choice. And honestly, like my advice to, to anyone doing exchange would be that you have to fight like harder to adapt in a different country than you would like just right. Like to me, my, my first year university experience in Ottawa came so naturally. Like I pushed myself out of my comfort zone, sure, for the first two days, but then I had a solid friend group and I just was, I was set. I had the time of my life. And I thought it was going to be the same thing when I went to Australia. I was just mm-hmm. like, that's just how it is. You just get there, you make friends, and it's going to be perfect. Yep. And honestly, it, it wasn't for a really long time. And you just have to push harder and try to take advantage of the fact that you're in this incredible place. And like everyone told me, and even myself, I thought like, there's not going to be any culture shock. It's Australia. Like if we watch the same shows, we speak the same language, it's fine. Yep. But there's little things that you don't think about. Like you're still, I was still on the other side of the free planet like with no one that I knew and there's just little things like they drive on the other side of the road right so like when you're walking towards someone you I don't even know left or right whatever way you walk when you're about to walk into someone it's the opposite there so for five months every time I would walk towards someone I would do that awkward dance where you like go left and right oh and yeah you're, trying, you're so trying, to, trying to go left or right yeah, yeah <laughs> all the time and I was like okay hey, this is something that I did not expect and I feel genuinely so out of place and like it took me until the very end to figure out which freaking way to walk and like maybe I don't know maybe if you're just more coordinated like you can figure that out faster but to me that was like a serious thing every time I walked outside I was like oh my god even though I'm leaving exactly. but I finally finally mastered this <laughs> exactly yeah so there's just little things like that that kind of like build up especially if you're having a harder time connecting with people like there's no there's no big frosh thing or anything like that you just go to your classes and you go home and you live your life Wow. which I was like excuse me like where's the party where's like <laughs> yes. the social aspect what? so it was it was hard but but I'm so thankful and so fortunate that I had the chance to do that but so how so did you live in like a res or did you live in a house or I live I think it's advertised as like a student apartment okay so they don't really have residences there um I think this is probably the closest thing that they did have to residence mm-hmm. so it was like a student apartment it was right on campus which I guess, I guess you would call that a residence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had like, like I said, there was no real like orientation frosh kind of thing, but they had a church group that came and did like group outing. So I did get to meet a few people and I did make like some friends obviously after a while, <laughs> but you just, you have to fight harder and you can't shut down because it's so easy to just, like I definitely struggled. Like I just wanted to stay in my room and my bed and just not move. Like I don't know anyone. I can't go anywhere. I don't have a car. Mm-hmm. That's also something like look into getting a freaking car when you're on your exchange. Cause like I couldn't go anywhere. I was like, <laughs> where's the ocean? Where are the palm trees? Like I'm in a concrete yeah. jungle. I don't know. It was rough, but <laughs> well, you I mean so in bad. that kind of situation, you'd have to learn how to drive on the left side of the road if you wanted to yes. do that, which yes. may, may or may not be a struggle for some people. <laughs> 
Yeah, I did try that, and my friend's car ended up in an auto shop, so <laughs> it was difficult. And then, so how did it work with, like, your courses and stuff? Did you take, like, a lower, like, a more limited course load? I think I took four classes, and New Ottawa, it's five classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made up one the summer before, honestly. So I did one summer class uh, before I left, and then they tried to match your courses. So you go through the directory of courses and you try and kind of like prove to your department that Mm -hmm. the education you're getting there is comparable so you have to go through and like write out a description for the courses and like how many credits they're worth and try to match it up to um to courses that your program offers Mm -hmm. and then if they can't find a valid match they just mark it as an elective so I think I had maybe two or three of the courses actually counted as a core communication course Mm -hmm. and the other one were just electives Okay. So you did end up getting credits for those. Well, that's nice, at least, that you're not yeah. just taking courses and not getting any kind of credit for them. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I had so many freaking electives, so it didn't even matter anyway. <laughs> you could have taken whatever you wanted and it would have all just yeah, counted. Exactly. <laughs> If you want to share your own story on the podcast, please feel free to send the show a direct message over any of the Women Working Ahead social media pages or over email at womenworkingahead at gmail.com. You can also tag Women Working Ahead in any of your posts to share how you're being your own boss babe and how you're making your mark in your industry. So how long, how long were you actually on the exchange? Was it just a semester? It was, yeah, a semester. So I think it was about five months. Mm-hmm. And then you got back. And so, and then did you have like more, you had more schooling then on this end still to do before you graduated? Yeah, I had more schooling and I had one more work term. So okay. I think I had two or three more semesters and then uh, one more work term and then I was all finished up. <laughs> and then, so you graduated. So you got the job with Ackhart and how, how did you actually yeah. end up with the, like, how did you end up getting connected with them? So like all my life, I've been such a planner. Like I need to anticipate things from every angle. I need to know what's coming next. So when I was about to graduate, like I had to graduate with a job. Like it was just not a possibility for me to graduate and then just like float around and like see where where it fits. Like obviously that's probably the ideal. Like take a friggin' second, like breathe and figure out what you want to do. But that was just not the path that I was going to go down. Mm -hmm. So I was applying everywhere. And like you and I were kind of talking before about just shooting a shot. And that's honestly what I did. Yeah. Like I was emailing every company under the sun. I was emailing Tesla. I was emailing Google. I was emailing Facebook. I was emailing all these crazy companies. (laughs) Like crazy. Honestly. And that's also some advice I would offer is just like shoot your freaking shot. Like I I obviously did not hear from most of these Silicon Valley companies. But what you will get sometimes is like a rejection email which means that there's a chance that someone at Tesla read your application, thought you weren't right, but still <laughs> took the time to email you. And then like in five years, you have that email. You can say, hey, I've done this, 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 and this. Can, can we have another conversation? Like at least you'll get a contact from that. Um, so once I was done emailing everyone in everyone. Silicon Valley, <laughs> <laughs> um, I turned back to Ottawa, the rational process. Um, and I kind of just did the same thing here. Like I emailed a bunch of marketing companies. I emailed pretty much anyone if they were hiring or if they weren't. I would just send an email uh, resume with a cover letter explaining that I was about to graduate, explaining my work experience. And again, that's kind of the value of having that co-op program is that I could present myself as a graduate, but someone who did have extensive work experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day, obviously, you guys talked to Taylor a few weeks ago. 
she worked at a marketing agency and I don't know why we hadn't had this conversation but one day she was just over at my house and we were sitting on the couch and I was like I'm applying to marketing agencies you work at a marketing agency why have we not had a conversation (laughs) why have we not talked about this yeah um so after that she kind of looked into it and she's like yeah there's two job postings available right now at Ackhart I was like well let's freaking go so I applied to both of them and then also as per usual I just sent a general email to the company as if I was important or something (laughs) and was like I don't know to graduate and I think you should hire me because of this this and this these are my skills like I would love to have a conversation with you um and then fortunately both of the jobs I applied for they asked for an interview and I went in and the same day I interviewed at the company with two different people they would just walk away and then the other person came and I was so nervous and I felt so bad that I was there like for both interviews I don't know I shouldn't have felt bad but no it was nerve-wracking oh yeah and then um yeah I ended up with the junior copywriter position I'm super happy (laughs) yeah well so tell me about the actual position so what are you actually doing like on a day-to-day like average day basis um so everyone everyone always asks me what a copywriter is and I honestly but I didn't know what it was until I applied and got this job literally just a writer like it's a writer for advertising so if you have like an advertising project or something the words on the page are called the copies like that's referred to as copy so you're a copywriter and then it's essentially I just I'm also so my job is technically a junior copywriter slash social content writer so a lot of my day is working on social media and like writing content for that and we do have clients who are kind of like daily clients. So I would check in kind of daily with the same clients and make sure like we have their content going out, make sure no community management needs to be done. And then for bigger projects, for more like traditional copy projects, those just kind of come in randomly. And then, so I'd say my day is like half the same each day. And then half of it is whatever projects I'm working on that week. So whether that's like a blog, a website, a print ad, a script, I kind of just alternate, which is, which is helpful. And that's honestly why I was interested in working for an agency when I was graduating. Cause I was like, okay, like I've mastered, like I worked in CRA, I did social copy. I worked at RCMP, I did social copy. Like I, I want to work somewhere where I can try different things, use different voices. Um, so that's really one of the reasons that I was interested. In working there. So when you're actually working like on the job and stuff, how often are you, you know, on the phone with clients or meeting with clients to kind of get their take and working directly with them versus kind of doing your own independent kind of work your like by yourself for a project or something? I would say maybe like not a lot, like maybe, maybe like 15% of my day is interacting with clients, but we do have like your agency will have a client services like team or department. And that's kind of like Taylor, you were talking to her. So she's kind of like the middleman between the client and the creative. Mm-hmm. So she's the one who'll be talking to the clients like most of the time or someone who's working in a, a client services position. If there's like a, a short thing or like a quick social message, like I'll just shoot it off to the client. But for bigger discussions and like really getting into what they want and how they want to execute it, a lot of the times there's someone with more of a business background who's in the conversation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So most of your job, it sounds like, is based around being creative. What do you do when, like, you have a day where you're just having, like, writer's block, no creative vibes are flowing? I mean, <laughs> that's your job. So how do you get around that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, no, I mean, I, I, you can't. Like, it's just honestly not really an option. <laughs> I can't. I can't just tap out. <laughs> no, Especially now not. with COVID, like, there's not a whole lot of people. Like, it's not like I can just toss it to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a really great manager who I work pretty much all day with side by side. So if I'm ever like feeling like I'm not bringing a hundred percent to something, I can check in with her and normally she'll give me some ideas to like spark that creativity okay. back up. Mm-hmm. But I mean, other than that, I don't know. You can stare at the wall for a couple minutes, but then you really got to <laughs> jump back into it. <laughs> so basically you just got to kind of push through, maybe bounce some ideas off someone else, 
see what happens and then kind of just keep going basically. Exactly. (laughs) So like, do you have any particular like really fun projects that you've been working on? I always love when it's something different, especially because like with my work placements, it was the same stuff every day and it was primarily social. So I do love when I get to do something completely outside of the box, like a script for something or even writing a blog post, like long form content I really love to do. Okay. Um, whereas like before in the past and then whenever I'm doing social content, like, you know, it's a tweet, you have to have it under like, what is it, 280 mm-hmm. um, characters. So whenever I get the chance to like sit down and actually flesh out a thought, like, that's what I really love. You, you're also doing um, like posts across all different social medias and basically trying to, I assume, kind of build the community, build that network for yeah. this company? Um, well, some of the work we do like is social media for our company, but a lot of the times it's social for other clients. So like any any company that you follow on social media, like they might be working with an advertising agency who helps them with their posts, who helps mm-hmm. them with their community management. Yeah, who just, who creates content for them across across other social platforms. You've been helping out with like a few big podcasts. So can you kind of tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So I also help out twice a week after work. I help out with this company called Podcast Nation on the West Coast. Um, so I help. They have a couple of really great podcasts. Like I was a fan of, of their podcast before I even started working with them. And I just like, again, back to our conversations of shooting your shot. Yeah. I was on the bus one day to work oh. and I was just scrolling through Instagram like I do for way too often. And I sent them a DM, like sent one of the shows. So all their shows have like, well, most of their shows have separate Instagram accounts that I follow and like they post about whatever it's coming out that week. And I just DM them the most unprofessional message because I was sure they weren't going to answer me. And I was like, essentially just like, yo, you want an intern? And oh my God, they answered me. And I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. (laughs) I like changed my tone completely. I tried to save myself. I sent them my resume. I was like, I would love to work with you. And yeah, just a few hours a week, I work with them, like creating clips from the episodes, coming up with content, um, doing ad work, pitching hosts, and then like pitching our host on their podcast, pitching guests to try and get them to come on our show. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. And I've always been interested in like broadcast and entertainment, but it's super hard to get into in Canada, especially in Ottawa, like government oh, yeah. town. I've definitely, <laughs> like, like I said, I've applied everywhere under the sun and I have never gotten a bite from any sort of entertainment or production mm-hmm. thing in Ottawa, even remotely. So I was, I was super thrilled when, well, I wasn't really thrilled when they answered <laughs> that unprofessional DM, but I'm, I'm, I love working with them. Yeah, and they answered you. I mean, that's that is that is the most crazy thing to me. I'm like, if that if I ever did that, I mean, first of all, I'd be scared shitless sending out yeah. that message. So, I mean, kudos to you. That was <laughs> my god, so badass. Oh my god, well, I wasn't scared. I wasn't scared because I didn't think they were gonna answer me. <laughs> so you're like, no, 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 I'm just gonna message these people some random stuff yeah. to see what happens. And they did, and I felt so bad. And then they <laughs> called me to do interviews and stuff. And this is the other thing, like when you're doing a bunch of entries, it's so hard to keep track of everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I've sent out like PDFs and Word documents, like make sure if you send someone something, it's in a PDF format and not a live document. I think I sent them the <laughs> wrong resume like two times, but not update. After sending them a super unprofessional DM, I sent them the wrong mes- resume twice. Oh, yeah, I, I do not. not know how they, I don't know how I'm working there, but I'm, I'm very thankful super embarrassed maybe they just like pitied you and that's why they hired you on like, oh, maybe their help. <laughs> definitely that sounds right so I kind of want to ask like how do you manage kind of the work-life 
balance? Like, are you, are you managing it or do you have any tips for someone? <laughs> well, like I said, I definitely feel less busy than I was in undergrad. Um, I feel like I ran that as a tight freaking ship just because there was no other option. And now that I do have a little bit more time, like I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to do the balance. Um, it, it's just about like learning your boundaries at work and like taking your mental health into account instead of just operating on autopilot because you have an entirely book schedule. Like I try, I try my hardest to shut off at the end of the day and I'm honestly pretty good at it. Like, especially now with working from home, it's not like I'm going anywhere in 10 hours. I'm going to be sitting in like the exact same seat. Like I can deal with whatever needs to be dealt with tomorrow at 9am. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, like you said, as a creative, like my brain doesn't just shut off and sometimes I'll get a thought later on. Um, but with working from home again, like I can just run to my desk, write it down and then flesh it out the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those like late night yeah. inspirations, you just kind of, you can just hop up and write it down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like most of your job, you're on like social media, you're on your phone and stuff. So do you have like a separate work phone that you do all of that stuff that you have still your personal phone or is there overlap there? I, I don't have a separate work phone. I have like with my iPad, I kind of said that I was my work phone. So I have all the clients accounts on my iPad and then I try to not touch that after hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a lot, especially cause I'm like you said on social media all day. So then when I'm like on social media and personal time, it definitely just feels like like a lot of screen time. Yeah. But I try to separate the two, but for me, like I, I, if I'm like pulled back into work, it's hard for me to get out of it. So I need to like do a hard shut off mm-hmm. at the end of the day, or I'm just going to be like stressed and worried about all these little things. And I just, I, I need that. I need the computer to be far away from me. Shut off. Yep. Like not on my phone. <laughs> do you have any memorable or funny moments that you want to share with the listeners? Where do I start? I feel like I could bring up so many things from all my different positions. <laughs> Um, I think though, actually one that I, it's not on the resume when I was in Australia, going back there, other side of the world, let's go. Um, I was on a student visa, I guess. So you mm-hmm. can't like, there's work restrictions. So I couldn't officially get a job, which like for someone like me who just like, that just, that didn't make sense. Like I've been working since I was 17. Yep. Like I just, I need there to be something else. And especially like in the beginning there where I was struggling with like making connections. I just needed that. So I went on, oh my gosh, I can't even like <laughs> tell the story. I sound so crazy. I went on like, what is it called? Like Craigslist? Craigslist, yeah. Is that, that's the thing. Oh, like, like, that shit can get stuff. real weird real quick. Yeah, yeah, it got weird. <laughs> so I went on there and I like typed in, I don't know what I'm typing, like dog sitter or like, I don't even know dog walker like dog care I just wanted to be around dogs I wanted to get out of my little tiny room I was like maybe there'll be some fancy family who wants me to just like mm-hmm. live in their home and take care of their <laughs> poodle so I did that and this woman answered me and she it was all very strange like from the start I don't know and she lived on a big farm and her husband was busy a busy businessman and they have lots of pets and they just need someone to like help out I guess so I <laughs> I messaged them and I said I was interested in this whole thing. I just can't believe now looking back, like if I had a child and they were on their child world and they were doing this, I would just be losing my mind. <laughs> but I told them I would help them out on their farm in the middle of nowhere. Oh I God. look into it and it's like two hours away. And I was like, let's go. So I went, I got myself to the train station. I probably took the bus to the train. Like I said, I had no car. Mm-hmm. And I took like an hour train ride into the country oh and there's God. no service. So my parents were unsure if I was alive. And then I got to this, this station and there's this man in his fancy car and his wife or girlfriend standing at this train station and there's no one else because it's in the country. Middle in Australia. of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Middle of nowhere. I had no idea where I was. 
And I just got in this man's car and drove 30 minutes further into the country. Oh my God. <laughs> and we got there and it was just so awkward. And like, I don't think they really had a game plan. And like, I clearly didn't. And I just did not know what to do. And like, my mom was like, text me when you know you're safe. I'm like, I don't know at what point to say that I'm safe like until I'm in the car on the way home like I have no idea when this is going to turn dark mm-hmm. and they're like yeah like the horses are out there like do you know how to like work with horses I'm like I sure like okay and they had a dog and a cat and they're like you just hang out with them like it kind of felt like they had children and they like were wanting me to babysit but they're just hang out yeah just hang out with our pets okay and they went into their offices and I was like oh my god I Oh my god, it was so rough. And then they're like, "We have we have kids, but they're not here right now." I was like, oh, "Okay." But there's this this big um, like entertainment room that you can hang out in, and they had this big TV console on the movies. Like oh, the movies are for the kids; they're just not here right now. And I was like, "Okay, classic. Okay. Yeah, okay, let's go." <laughs> so I sat on this random couch in the middle of nowhere with this family, and I watched the Twilight movies with a dog and a cat beside me and I was just petting them like had no idea what to do and then eventually I was like well maybe they want me to like exercise their animals so I went outside into their farm and I was just like running around in this field with dogs and cats and horses and I was just I just had no idea what was going on honestly and until they said like do you want to go back that's when I knew I was safe I don't even know if I got paid I don't even know if they slipped me a 20 like that's just it's just the most hazy memory of a weird work experience my (laughs) god (laughs) that's so great oh my god that would be yeah. crazy like it was weird I can't believe, I can't believe you actually did that like that's they could have literally you could have gotten into this man's car he could have driven off and we would never have heard from you again like that's what that's never what it sounds like like they would have literally killed you and buried buried you underneath their house <laughs> oh my god I would have became one of those stories of the people who goes overseas for an exchange and never yep. come back definitely <laughs> definitely but yeah. i mean the movie, the movie room and everything sounds nice and i love that you're just like yeah sitting there with like, the pets and this room. random family watching twilight <laughs> it was so weird but hey i'm a writer i'm always chasing the story there i was i guess weird, weird <laughs> shit <laughs> i take it that you didn't go back did you, uh, <laughs> did you i might have gone back once i might have <laughs> gone back once <laughs> Well, I hope that I did you twice. Be- okay, twice. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I hope it was better the second time that you were like a little bit more comfortable. You realized these people weren't going to kill you and you were like, okay, I could do this. Yeah, I was pretty confident they weren't going to kill me the second time around. And I kind of just went straight to the horses and we had some chats and then, you know, I was, I was disappointed that it didn't turn out to be something better. Like I went to Target, I bought the boots, I bought everything. I was ready to be, to be a cowgirl out in the country, but yeah, it didn't quite pan out. That's okay though. I have a story. <laughs> Yes, you do. <laughs> so did you end up finding like an actual job? I guess because you couldn't really work, right? So like, yeah, did you actually end up finding something? No, I didn't. That was that was the beginning and the end of my work search in Australia. <laughs> I thought I'd end it there. Yeah, it was, it was hard because I couldn't I definitely couldn't like walk into a subway or anything. So I had to kind of go the Craigslist route. But after my first experience, I decided I would just find other things to fill my time <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> maybe just kind of you know go out maybe try to socialize meet people in kind of the normal way yeah <laughs> don't go to yeah. people's farms <laughs> yeah well anyway oh on that crazy note <laughs> yeah. i think we're gonna wrap up because i feel like we've been chatting for like so long it's now dark oh, yeah. here um, oh my gosh <laughs> Well, thank you again, Victoria. This was so much fun. It was fun. Thank you for having me.
So if anybody, any listeners want to reach out and ask you questions, can they, how can they reach you? You can reach me on my socials for sure. Or you can give me a call. I don't know. You can reach out to Sierra. We can have some chats. <laughs> I, I, my life is not that interesting. I just want to like put a disclaimer out there. This is, this is my entire, <laughs> my entire life in a little condensed version, but yeah, you can definitely reach out to me on social and well, I'll leave, uh, I'll leave all of your social media handles and stuff in the show notes. And then I'll also leave all of Victoria's info over on the women working ahead social media pages when I do the show announcement um, for the, this episode. And we'll chat soon, everyone.